welcome to the Venture Church Podcast. For more content like this, please follow and like this channel. Or log on to our website, www.venturechurch.co.za. Alright, welcome to the Venture Church Podcast. I am Mike and I'm here with Chris Zeely, who is from Foresight Church. Chris, how are you today? Hey, bud, I'm good. Thank you for asking, Mark. It's lucky to be with you guys on the podcast again. So, hello, all you listeners. Um, I'm going to say fans. <laughs> if only. <laughs> yeah, if only. Eh? If only. So, tell me, um, Chris, you um, have been, you and Suzanne have been leading Foresight for, from the, the get go. Is that right? Yeah, we planted 20 years ago. That's right. Yeah, we're, we're a um, partnering church in the sense that we joined up with NCMI, not that you can really join, but we started orbiting around the NCMI uh, flavor and expression about 2006-2007. We planted the church on our own um, in 2000 and we experimented with various church flows. We experimented with Vineyard and Church of the Nations and, and various other expressions of um, New Testament charismatic Pentecostal kind of expressions of church and um, none of them really sat well for us we Suzanne and I from the time we um, got married we take teams you know even when we were in different denominations we take teams to go and um, find the lost you know we also so we, we've always looked to go and find unreached people group so we've taken teams to Mauritius and Mozambique and backwards, really black backwards areas. And um, uh, and that's been beautiful. So we had that flavor. And then before we parted with NCMI, uh, we planted another church. We, we planted four sites as well. And then after that, we planted from four sites, six other churches. And then we um, then we found, I mean, by chance, Mark Bailey and myself, we're good mates, we were we were chatting. He was, I think, still with the Methodist Church at the time, and he'd come through and he talked to me about church planting. We'd meet up on Mondays, and, and we, you know, he would just we just talk vision and talk big ideas, and crazy ideas, and what if God would do something amazing in our day, you know? And um, and then one day we were standing in a bank, who banking money on a Monday morning, talking church, and we met uh, a guy behind us. Said, I, "I hear you guys are talking about church." I've just moved up from Pine Town to transition the church up here, and, and it happened to be Brian Schuster, and um, and he was then transitioning, I think, West Train Church International, and uh, and then he introduced me to NCMI, invited me to one of these connect meetings, and I went and I came home. I said to my wife, "This is us. These are our people. They they talk about church planting. They do it. They go to the nations. They, they're doing they're doing what we're doing. These are these are our people." And um, in our denomination that we've been in before we planted, um, which we would never go back to again. But because of this, there was no value for church planting or apostolic or just getting out there and doing stuff, just doing kingdom things, you know. And so um, I invited her to the next connect. I said, you've got to come. There's, there's women there, you know, which is really kind of unheard of in leadership circles. You know, the wives are there and these guys are friends. They dig each other. It's amazing. They don't tolerate each other. They actually love each other. It's amazing. They do things together. They they have fun, you know, we laugh. It's, it's cool. We, you know, you haven't seen it. It's not like this. this is what we've been looking for. And so we kind of settled and we had to change a few things in our church. Obviously, we were running things the best we knew how, but we started partnering with NCMI along the road. 
and uh, meeting people and all the rest. And it was one incredible journey. So, um, yeah, it was lovely, lovely, lovely. How's it, Chris? How are you? Lekker, lekker, lekker. Some soup deliveries coming in there. So, um, what a great uh, segue to uh, to talk about uh, the the soup the the project the food project where you guys are at. I mean, we as a church have been partnering with you guys, um, but you have yeah. definitely been the forefront of of this uh, the social justice soup um, food thing um, that you guys are doing. How did it come about? Um, how did you? Yeah, how did it become such a strong emphasis in this time for you? Yeah, I think um, I think you know that because one, one of the portions there is it's a time-based thing. Um, I do believe in Kairos moments rather than just purely Chronos moments. You know, in, in the chronology of time, Chronos is a Greek word in the New Testament that explains time, and it's it's a it's a popular Greek word when you know watches a chronograph and talk about chronological order and whatever it's it's sequential systematic numerical time and that's measured in seconds minutes days years months seasons and all the rest you know but um there's kairos which is a god ordained kind of defining moments uh occurrences on a chronological timeline and i really felt that god was saying that this corona um was a everything that was associated with the lockdown and everything was a defining moment for us globally Uh, i really think it is and i think you know we're going to look back at it as uh, pre-corona post-corona um i do think that this is probably the fourth industrial revolution has been ushered in right now um, and, and I really felt God say, or I really felt that, you know, that scripture in Second Chronicles, I think Second Chronicles, um, could be, um, about the guys who joined with David, the word says that um, the men of the tribe of Issachar joined with David, the men who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. And then it goes on to say, uh, each one of them leaders of of hundreds of men, you know, and I thought, what is God saying to us at this time? What is this time and what should we be doing? And um, it definitely came to mind immediately, look, we've, we've got an impact in the, in the, um, amongst the poor, but we've also realized that a lot of people who were previously wealthy might become poor really fast. Um, and um, we just felt God say, look, take care of the poor. And, um, you know, is it something that's ongoing? Yeah, sure. I think that we do always have the poor with us, but um, what do we do at this time? And, and so it was definitely a time-based opportunity. And um, what gave rise to it largely was, you know, all these conspiracy theories and what's, is this the end of the world and all the rest? Um, and no, it's not, but we are closer so I was reading Matthew 24, the signs of the times, and this gospel we preached in all the world as a testimony to me, and then the end will come. I think verse 14. And um, and then chapter 25 rolls straight out of that Jesus' dialogue, and he, he talks about the, the sheep and the goats, and the separation. He talks about the virgins, the parables, various parables. 
about the end of the age, and one of those was the sheep and the goats. And then he says, and many will, you know, many will come and say, Lord, you know, um, you know, we did all these great things for you. And he says, depart from me because I didn't know you because when I was hungry, you didn't feed me. When I was naked, you didn't clothe me. And um, when I was in prison, you didn't visit me. And, and they were separated, Jesus says, by what they did and what they didn't do. And that shocked the wax out of me because it actually, Jesus says, okay, so you've got faith in me. That's great. That's wonderful. You believe in me. That's great. But what did you actually do when I called you to rise? Did you actually do anything? And so that for me is a very, very big, um, very big factor is that, um, uh, what did we do when called upon in a time of crisis? What I found globally um, is that a lot of guys hunkered down, bunkered in, uh, and became very, very selfish, and a lot of people became very, very selfless. And I think in our church as well as around, I've, I've found that that has been the greatest test was in a time of crisis, it, does your life belong to Jesus or does it belong to you? And those are some of the hard questions I had to ask myself and I had to ask people around me and say, you know, are we going to step up when called to step up or are we going to step down and step back and, and shelter? Um, are we into self-preservation or are we into the gospel? And so the gospel has to have hands and feet. And I, I would think that Jesus would be busy with the father's work and not hiding in a cave somewhere that's what got us to feed people and so yeah so how it happened was we thought well, what do we how do how do we feed people effectively and how do we get our congregation involved in feeding people so we thought let's find nutritious because guys were starving man like from the from the beginning when, when salaries just bummed out you know we we're in a in an area um where there's a lot of hotels guest houses and wedding venues, conference venues, all the rest in the cradle of humankind. And that's the industry here is, is, is tourism and ecotourism and all the rest immediately without, with, we're without income. Hmm. And so we said, look, we do have a need in the church. We do know some guys who have needs. So let's start with them. So we started with them and hey, it just it snowballed from there. We just heard of more and more and more families that were battling. And then we, it came to our awareness that there are 14 official squatter camps in our area and 21 unofficial um, informal settlements in our area. And we just realized this thing, this need is bigger than we can, can even begin to realize. And so we started partnering with various churches, Venture Church being one of those, in terms of providing food for the poor. So um, we got our church involved. We started, we put the word out there. And so many people from many churches actually cooking soup on a weekly basis we supply the, the soup greens that we get from the farmers we add some supplements to that beans lentils uh stock cubes a packet soup all the rest to make it nutritional and um make it a balanced meal and then we give that out with a 2.5 uh, bag of maize and other veggies that we get from farmers and you know various donors and supporters as well and so that's it's a we've taken hands with the community police forum and um it's been it's been an amazing an amazing journey actually to tell you the truth you know i don't think we at the end of it but i did hear today that um the need seems to be less than than it has been last week many many people were turned away because we just didn't have enough food to give them mm. 
Then we give out a ton of maize a week in 2.5. So it's 400 units, you know, that we give to families. It's 400 families that are getting food. So we're talking about a massive move. You know, I think in the last four months, calculated the other day on Stellenbosch University's nutritional guide, we've given out about around about half a million meals. So um, wow. in four months, so that's been, that's been amazing. And um, but you know we we don't give large portions, which helps because we're not depending uh, creating a dependency, mm. and we're supplementing. We're not we're not um, by any means. I don't think you could live off you know a family in a week of of a two point five maize. You know, but mm. um, at least we felt we, we we do the best we can. We try to spread it as broad as we can. Uh, we've tried to. Um, include that with the gospel so a lot of the tracts and the um bible study material and things we've had we've given out with food parcels um and we want to see the community leaders um empowered to be able to plant churches in the community when this is finished hmm. through the influence through feeding through caring through loving through and i say you know i say to the guys every week you know pray for the people don't just give them food it's we're not a charity organization this is a kingdom thing and so we hmm. felt god God's hand in this. We felt him call us to this. And um, yeah, so we're partnering with other churches as well. And uh, this is a, it's a beautiful, beautiful uh, scenario that we're seeing unfold. We're seeing churches cooperate, working together. And so it's actually out of out of a need. It's become much bigger in terms of uh, church cooperation. Church, we, we're talking about other strategic initiatives. We're talking about food sustainability. So we've started farming God's Way projects in our area with other churches partnering with them on that some other guys are spearheading that we're talking about cooperative education how to get education into um uh, everywhere kind of lift the level of education in our area um we looking at internet uh, initiatives and partnered with some schools that have made the online stuff available for for use um to the underprivileged um we're having a look at uh, church planting pillar there's um churches that are partnering on church leadership and planting um we have meetings every week on that so out of this initiative this has definitely been a kingdom momentum um moment honestly it's been a kingdom moment in our area how the churches are cooperating looking at uh disaster relief counseling there's a counseling arm of this and how churches are cooperating to keep people who are vulnerable right now counseled uh, because of the spark in crime through through opportunistic uh, scavenging now at these at these moments you know you know vulnerable can become criminal um because of food uh, and i think it gets them you know it's obviously one one wrong turn on the road um you can become a career criminal and we, we're seeing the rise in crime we're seeing a rise in violent crime and so um out of all of these initiatives we've seen incredible pulling together of the churches to for for trauma counseling and all the rest so it's, it's it's a beautiful beautiful journey we're on it's really really good we're talking about kingdom business initiatives all of those things that are, are being launched right now as we speak it's sure. beautiful that's great so so okay so do you think that social justice and feeding people um and this food yeah. project is uh, just the church's responsibility look the church is never going to fulfill the mandates of the government so I do believe that there's a massive difference in the calling sorry, between the mandates of the government and the mandates of the church. And that's where people get confused in the Old Testament between Leviticus and Deuteronomy and the different laws and, you know, um, 
and, and we get involved in, in social justice stuff. Now, that's not our role. Our role is not social justice. Our role is not social equality. And I know that a lot of churches can go off the bandwagon. Or you can bark at the wrong tree really, really fast, okay? So um, a church like the Salvation Army started radically missional. They were getting people saved. And now if you say the word Salvation Army, people think blankets and shelters and soup program. Mm-hmm. We're not that. When it becomes that, we're... And I'm not saying that that's true for the Salvation Army, but that's true for Foresight. When we become that, we're off target. Uh, we are here to reach the lost. We are here to minister to the lost and to, to meet their needs and to get them to Jesus and, um, and to disciple them. If the food project is no longer doing that, we, we, we cross it out. That's, that's what we do. So is, is feeding the aim? Heck no. You know, does Corona set the the the, uh, the tone? No, we set the tone because hey, let's let's be honest. Corona set the tone for many people, and they're they're bunkering down. No, what happens? We're missional. What has Jesus called us to do? Well, at this time, we feed people. Why? Because coronavirus will kill hungry people first, right? And so we, we took a proactive stance and we said, well, we're going to feed people when they're well nourished. They can fight this thing off. The government's not able to do that. You know, honestly, in four months, I have not seen a government food parcel yet. I've heard of them. I have not seen one, and I don't know anybody who's received one. Okay? So are we doing the government's job? No. The government's doing a rubbish job all on their own. So are we, are we helping them? No, we, none of that. What we're doing, we are strategically influencing people. Leadership is influence. We're feeding them. We're being the hands and the feet of Jesus. Why? Because their souls matter to Jesus. Every lost person matters to Jesus. So by the time this thing is finished, we've empowered leaders in the community to have wonderful influence into the community. People in the community now know them. They know where they stay. They know that if I need something, I can go to that guy and his access to somebody else or to something else. He's connected to a wider network. That, that person knows that if that guy has a Christian leader, a need, a soul need, they can go to a community leader. That community leader has given out literature over time. He's prayed for people over time. When there's the sick that need to be ministered to, that oak is there, right? And we've set up uh, strategic touch points in vulnerable communities. We, we can plant home groups, we can plant churches, we can uh, affect the lost, we can disciple, uh, you know, so we've had a strategy behind this. This wasn't just a charity outreach. This is a long-term, how do we how do we harness these wins? How do we put up ourselves in these wins and, and uh, honestly head into deep waters and how do we negotiate the storm uh, rather than how do we seek shelter and go into a harbor uh, during a time of, of, I mean, the wind's pumping. Listen, Mike, we've never had an opportunity like this hmm. for the gospel to go out like it has. That's true. You know, we are seeing Oaks saved every single week right now because of the fact that we have thrown the thrown the net wide. Now, okay, sure. So, um, you, you know, we're online. Our online presence, yes, I tell you, a little light, he was helping me mark up parkings the other day for driving church. You must hear this. He says to me, he's about nine, he's nine, nine years old, his name's Stephen. He says to me, now he's pushing the little wagon right, marking out little uh, chalk lines for the cost park. He says to me, Uncle Chris, I want to tell you, I, I, got, I gave my life to Jesus. I said to him, when? 
He says, well, the other day we were watching you on TV and, and, um, and you said, does anybody want to give their life to Jesus? And I gave my life to Jesus. Hmm. That's how I wanted to start crying right there. I was just so overwhelmed with the privilege of being online right now because that light here, I mean, he, children's church, he might, yeah, you know, Jesus would have got him saved through another means, but I just, just the fact that at coronavirus time, lockdown, we were able to get online, which we never were before. Mm. And, and this, this boy got saved. He was so passionate. He's like, he said, I couldn't sleep last night because we, we know this is driving's coming and driving church. And he was like, and, and, and people are going to come and it's going to be so exciting. And I'm so, I'm just thinking a nine-year-old kid has got saved and he's missional. Hmm. He's pushing a wagon because people are going to come and meet Jesus. I was gutted. I'm telling you, I was gutted because, you know, we, I, I just realized for that nine-year-old, it became, this is not about me. Hmm. There he was on a Saturday. He could have been doing other things. I mean, what nine-year-old kid is pushing a paint wagon hmm. on Saturday so that people can come and meet Jesus? I'm terrible, sorry. <laughs> Rock my world, man. This is good stuff. Hmm. It's good stuff. We, 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 haven't seen, we haven't seen opportunities like this, yeah. Mike, I'm telling you. If hmm. we miss this opportunity, we're flippant stupid, <laughs> honestly. We're sleeping. You know, the word says... It's a disgraceful son who sleeps in the time of harvest. I think, I think by and large, the church is napping, bro. Hmm. Honestly, I think we've, many of us have missed the opportunity. Hmm. I can't even tell you how many oaks have got saved in this lockdown time. Hmm. It's, it's, I haven't seen a harvest like this. On any given Sunday, I'm telling you, on any given Sunday, a quarter of the people who come to church, whether it's a 50 gathering or it's a drive-in church, a quarter of them are newcomers. Sure. People are desperate, man. Hmm. They they need hope, you know. Yeah. And the good news better be good news, yeah. because it is the good news. If it's the good news, it better be the good news, man. <laughs> and and we're the only oaks with good news at this time. The church. Can I? Uh, I I kind of uh, picked up this uh, a phrase, and I don't know if this is true or not, but uh, a gospel orientated social justice. In that, you know, we we are not we're not out to just feed, we're not out to just meet a need. We are here to help people see Jesus, and to get yeah. them to have an encounter with Him, so that He can do the healing. Yeah. He can, um, you know, He can show them His destiny for them. Um, what yeah. you know, what are your what are your thoughts on on a gospel oriented social justice? I like the way it's been put. It's very academic. I, I do think, I don't like the word social justice or the term okay. social justice because it's so loaded, you know? Mm. And it's been so manipulated for political means over every area of the spectrum and all the rest. So I just think, man, if Jesus loves people, we better love them too. Mm. And love without action is nothing. Um, once again, James, he says, show me your faith, I'll show you my works. Um, and I, I do think at this time, social justice means put your money where your mouth is, buddy. If you say you love people, love them in action. Don't love them just with words. Love them in action. You know, I was reading Isaiah 58, where it talks about what, what is the kind of fast, you know? What is the fast that's acceptable to the Lord? Because fasting is a really cool thing, you know? Um, Matthew 5, Jesus says, when you 
fast Matthew 6 when you fast when you pray when you give you know don't do it for people to see and all the rest because but then he says in Matthew 3 he says let your light shine before all men that they may see your good works and what glorify your father in heaven not glorify you hmm. so if you ever the face behind social justice you've missed the mark man you know what I mean um, it's if Jesus is the face behind social justice we are we scored yeah. So it's a gospel-based, it's actually just really, if Jesus loves me, I'm going to love people. And, mm. and that's really, it's simple. It's not, it's not complicated. I think we want to complicate it, you know. It's not, it's pretty, pretty simple. If I've been loved by Jesus, I'm going to love other people. Yeah. And then you love them in action too. Love them in action, yeah. 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 That's, I mean, that's, that's kind of been um, uh, one, of, one of my struggles, I think, has been to, to try to navigate that, uh, because there's, there's such a great need and we see it all the yeah. time, you know, at every robot. Yeah. I mean, I have countable, uh, countless people, um, you know, asking, asking for food or anything, you know, outside my house. Um, how, how should, how should we be navigating that, um, that, that need versus, uh, trying to give the gospel, trying to give the good news. Um, trying to love people and you know you know how do we navigate that because the need is so much well yeah look i don't think we can meet every need right because i tell you sometimes i I go home you know after the food drops today's food drop day and i see the photos that the guys send me because we do try to be accountable you know we make sure that the guys the community leaders are accountable um and that they actually just there's proper records and all the rest I go home and uh, last week, the one guy said, you know, there was a queue of at least 50 people after the food was finished that just needed food. And they said, you know, what did they need to do to get food? And I was overwhelmed, you know. Um, I said, Jesus, how do we do this? How do we, um, you know, last week's ton of maize, uh, the donors didn't come forth. We didn't, they weren't able to supply. And so that came out of our pocket, you know. As a church, we just like, okay, well, we're in this. We've committed to it. It's got to cost us. I mean, if it doesn't, it doesn't cost you something's worth nothing, right? And then I'm like, Jesus, even this is not enough. It's not. It's not enough. But then it's not our job to feed people. Hmm. Our job is to get the gospel out, and that gospel right now looks like a packet of maize meal, and that's all it is. It's just that it's it's never going to be enough, Mark. It's never going to be enough. And will people abuse it? Absolutely. Uh, we, had a, we had a car <laughs> that we found out that was selling selling stuff. You know, he wasn't all, he was selling and he was asking for a donation for it to put fuel in his car, kind of, even though we were giving him fuel to put in his car, you know. It's mm. one of those scenarios. Guys will abuse it. Well, that's okay. You know, of course. You know, Jesus had those guys on his team, you know. Um, Judas was there right to the end, wasn't he? The thief. And and but still, people will abuse, and that's not our responsibility. You know, Jesus kind of clears it up for us. He says, "Give to anybody who asks you." Like I'm a bit more skeptical than that. If a guy's stoned, I'm not giving him. You know, let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, we've got these guys that are robots as well. Yeah. And and how the okay hasn't been hit by a truck, I don't know. But I mean, there's a guy that's properly wasted, mm. standing there every day in the sun, and um, I mean. He can't put one foot in front of another because he's, he's so out of it. I'm not giving that guy money. That's enablement, right? Mm. But then it's not up to me to decide. Often often we think, you know, we, we 
we want to be that guy's conscience and actually we can't yeah and the word says give to everybody who asks you like yeah okay well yeah it's gonna cost you man listen the gospel costs you it's gonna mm. it's not gonna cost you a lot it's gonna cost you everything <laughs> um and and maybe maybe the real question to ask is are, are people saved maybe that's the real question to ask is to ask have people actually laid down their life are they under new management are they under the lordship of christ or are they is is jesus a fire escape from hell or are they actually honestly in a new kingdom if we're not in a new kingdom we're still in the old kingdom our life is still our own and we still run our own budget and we run our own or everything you know I, i don't know maybe maybe the penetration of the gospel is a real question has it actually gone to oak's heart or is it just in his head you know has it changed his heart does he really love people does he feel for them or is, is, you know is the beggar just a nuisance because hey but i've got to do that every day i've got to say is this like a nuisance what is he doing to me inside you know when i see him do i get annoyed do i get frustrated do i feel his pain do i you can't feel everybody's pain let's be honest you know but um can i help him with the two bucks you know i mean the car guard flip you know let's start with the car guard honestly um can i can i give him something if i've got something i'm going to give it to can i alleviate his need no but i, I can help him i can i can i can throw a meal in his little assortment of whatever he's going to feed his family tonight you know what i'm saying yeah um am i helping am i hindering yes i don't know this those are such hard questions buddy and i tell yeah. you i've oscillated over the years between many pendulums um but i i do think we we need to have a heart because you know the words is in the end in the last day yes once again Matthew 24 says because of the abundance of evil the love of most will grow cold sure. in other words the majority of Christians so I'm talking about the world and Jesus is the Bible's written to the church right Jesus is saying because of the abundance of evil the love of most will grow cold I want to say Jesus I want to be in love with you hmm. and I want to love people and I want to be that skeptical chop that the Pharisee became, you know? Um, I've, I've been there. Yeah. I've been a Pharisee. From time to time, I'm a Pharisee. You know? But I've got to just make sure that, that my own internal compass, my own internal, you know, oh, am I, am I a thermostat or a thermometer? Am I one reading the, the times or am I the one determining the times? Am I, am I reading that situation or am I influencing that guy's situation? I think most Christians are just lack of thermometers we can tell everybody what's happening on the news but we, we are not affecting anyone's future mm. and that's uh, uh yeah i think i think what i'm We've hearing i think what i'm hearing yeah. is that it's uh ultimately uh, dealing or loving people in action whatever that looks like um, whether it's your neighbor yeah. or or the person on you know walking on the street or whatever um is is a heart is a, a yeah. having a soft heart but before jesus and having a soft heart towards others um yeah and Look, I, i tell you it's hard guys i'm telling you no jokes this, this thing's hard eh? i mean just this week um france uh, our caretaker here at the church and i love that man he's such an amazing guy 
Um, he was attacked again this week. You know, the guys tried to uh, get into his house here, and in the middle of the night, this is the second time in lockdown, he's been he's been in. You know, the, they, thankfully they didn't get in, but for quite a long time, uh, you know, he phoned me awake in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, and can hear the guys banging on his door, and he's saying, "Come help me! What can I do?" And um, and you know, your heart can so easily go hard, and you say, "Well, listen, we're feeding people where." You know, then they try to steal the church's transformer and the power cables, and it's like, oh, man, just a total uphill. And you want to say, well, just let the blighters start. No, you really do want to say that. If I, I find that internal conversation happening in my head all the time. Mm. And I'm going to say, well, that's in my head, but what's in my heart? What's in my heart? Can I allow? Can I allow what's out there in here? No, I can't. You know, it's the water inside the ship that sinks the ship. It's not the water outside the ship that sinks the ship. It's what am I allowing into my life? You know? And should we be wise? Yeah. Should we get a security alarm? Yes, we should. Should we get dogs? Yes, we should. Should we do what we can? Yes, we should. We don't allow that into your heart, man. Yeah. Um, you know, keep the, keep the water outside. Christians are called to be radically counterculture. Hmm. The, the kingdom culture is upside down, man. It's the opposite of the world and so we've got to have that opposite spirit all the time yeah. chris could you uh, could you pray for us um pray for for our hearts um yeah mm. that the you know the holy spirit would would soften us um and so that we would know the time so that we would know what to do um in in any given situation that he would lead us and that we would not be yeah. uh yeah bound or or you know um, affected by the outside, but that we would be our internal compass would be following Jesus. Yeah, all right, let's, let's pray. Um, sure, what a privilege. In Jesus, for God so loved the world that he gave his son. Lord, help us to love this world like you love it. For God so loved that he gave. What a generous God. Jesus, help us to have your heart. We know we have the mind of Christ, but so often we don't have the heart of Christ. Lord, this is not an easy thing. We ask that you would invade our space. That the good news would penetrate right to the depth of our being. And Lord, that the good news of hope for a lost and dying world would be real for us. Not that people would be fed, Lord, because they'll be hungry tomorrow but that they would be fed with a bread of life that is eternal. And if it means a piece of bread today that would introduce them to the living bread tomorrow, may it be so, Jesus. Would you help us to go fishing and would you give us the bread to bake the hook? I pray that you help us be really relevant to a lost and a hopeless world. And Lord, it is dark out there. 
Thank you that your word says in Isaiah 60, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen over you. Thick darkness covers the earth, but the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Thank you that our light has come. I want to pray that we would arise and shine in a dark time, that we would be salt and light and radically relevant to a confused and dying world in Jesus' name. Break our hearts, Lord. Pray that you make our hearts soft. We so desperately need you to keep us humble and to give us the heart of children. Unless we change and become like children, we will not inherit the kingdom of God. Keep us childlike in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. We love you, Lord. Thank you for loving us first. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you for your time. And uh, yeah, um, it's so, so exciting to see your journey uh, in this and, uh, and your church's journey. Thanks, bud. That's awesome, man. It's like partner with you guys. What a privilege, man. We've, we're loving the partnership with Venture and I'm loving the partnership with you, bud. It's really refreshing. It's lovely. It's good to see you guys powering on and powering forth and and uh yeah to everybody who's listening fly the flag man jesus is alive let's go and be the answer hey thank you for listening to the venture church podcast if you want to connect with us further please log on to our website venturechurch.co.za or connect with us on our various social platforms instagram and facebook